I created this little mental model in my head that I called the SEO pyramid. And it was like basically a pyramid. And at the top was like, you know, basically wide is volume and up and down the pyramid is intent. And at the top of the pyramid, you have your brand terms, right? And that's like, Welcome to SEO Unveiled. Today, I've got a wonderful guest. I got Aaron Bischel with us. He's the founder of Attributor. Prior to that, he led marketing teams at B2B SaaS companies like Envision and Campaign Monitor. I mean, he's got some amazing big company marketing experience, and he's got a really cool take on attribution that I think everybody here is going to be super interested in. When he isn't working, you'll find him sliding down waves or snow-covered mountains. He comes from Sydney, Australia, and I'm really excited because I love Australia. And I'm really excited to have him here on SEO Unveiled. Thanks, Aaron, for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, what one thing I always, always like to understand is like, how did people get into the industry? And like, why, why did you get into marketing in the first place? Yeah, it's sort of a little bit of a uh, twisted tale, I suppose. Um, if I was to go back a long, long way, you know, to my high school days, I always had an interest in marketing. I was like probably the only high school student that subscribed to Adweek. Um, I just Aha. always sort of loved advertising and just like the cleverness of it and stuff like that. And then, you know, I, I actually wanted to get into event management because I wanted to, you know, as like, you know, 18 year olds do, I wanted to organize music festivals. So I you know, went to uni yeah. and did event management um, and then ultimately ended up just sort of, you know, uh, co-founding a SaaS company. And then, you know, sort of marketing was part of my remit there and then just fell in love with it and have kind of been here ever since. So. I would say it was more of a happy accident than it was a, um, you know, a deliberate life choice, but it worked out for the best. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely different from like trying to do event management for like, you know, big concerts and venues and stuff like that to B2B SaaS, you know, kind of demand generation stuff. But I feel and like. I would have been like so bad at it as well. Like I look back at that, at that <laughs> life, like I'm just like, I'm just not an organized person who can, who can like, you know, have 20 different things be on the go at once. So pretty happy that uh, <laughs> that, that didn't work out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure you got a bunch of spinning plates on your, uh, you know, in your day to day anyway, to, to keep you busy enough and to force you to be a little organized. But you know, I mean, one one thing I just really kind of want to want to you know um, understand from you and, and get your perspective is, you know, what what trend, what trends in general are you noticing in marketing or search that you're just really excited about? Yeah, I think the thing that comes to mind for me, and again, my, all my perspective is in B two B sort of SaaS stuff, but like yeah. the you know the companies that have made it really big off the back of SEO within B two B SaaS, uh, you know, like Zapier. Um, you know, Canva are probably two great, two great examples. And it was all just like super long tail programmatic type content. Like if you think of Zapier's strategy, which is pretty well known, like it's just a whole bunch of programmatic pages that they've created that, that rank, you know, integrate Salesforce with Gravity Forms or, you know, yep. they've even got pages now for each individual Zap. So it's like send leads from here to the Salesforce lead object or, or something like that. And it's all just like, it's all long tail stuff. Like if you went and put that into, you know, Ahrefs or SEMrush or something like that, you're going to get like, it's all just going to say zero results, like, you know, zero keyword volume, but Zapier, sure. you know, a multi-billion dollar company now. Um, and I think that's really exciting, right? Because you can actually, you know, if you've, if you've got the right product that lends itself to this kind of, uh, this kind of approach, you can actually build a really big, really great company 
from the get-go without having, you know, a DA of 95 or, or this huge authority because these long-tail keywords are a lot less uh, lot less competitive kind of thing. So I think, yeah. you know, that's a, that's sort of an exciting opportunity that I think, you know, I see sort of becoming more and more prevalent within the B2B SaaS world. I mean, I think, I think that's a really good example of, you know, how are you creating valuable content? Because, you know, a lot of people talk about creating these long, big pieces of content from an expert user, and that might work in a lot of industries, but B2B SaaS is different. And I mean, we operate for a B2B SaaS company. I think you're a B2B SaaS company too. And so like, I kind of live this every single day of, well, what, what kind of content is the right kind of things to resonate with users? And the example you're talking about of, hey, this is how we solve problem X, you know, but this integration to this integration, this is Zap, this is how you would do it. Mm -hmm. So it's a real solution oriented way, which really kind of sounds to me like a really smart, resonant idea. And then the question I have is like, how do you actually do that for the companies? Like, how do you, how do you implement that when the solution isn't so clear, isn't so easy? And, um, you know, I mean, that, that's her, whoever thought of that super smart person <laughs> and, and I'm like, well, what part of that is going to like going to apply to other B2Bs that may not have something like that? Maybe they have one yeah, product. Yeah, you know, it is it is an interesting one. You you can be like, you know, there are certain products that lend themselves to that kind of strategy, and some that that don't, right? Um, but I think there are, Leo, like there are opportunities. I guess up and down. Like I, I, you know, having done SEO for a long time, I created this little mental model in my head that I called the SEO pyramid, and it was like basically a pyramid and at the top was like, you know, basically wide is volume and up and down the pyramid is intent. And at the top of the pyramid, you have your brand terms, right? And that's like, you know, that's the absolute top of intent, but there's usually not that much volume. And then as you come down, you've got solution terms, which is like, you know, uh, integration software or point of sale software. And then you've got problem terms, which for Zapier was like integrate Salesforce with blah or whatever. And then you go down and you've got, you know, comp competitor terms. So, you you know, your competitors and then like what I call integration terms. So like point of sale software for zero or point of sale software for QuickBooks and so on and so forth. And so I think for those that don't have, you know, a lot of solution type terms, like maybe you've got a newish product that doesn't have an established category. It's often just the case that if you move down the rungs, you can tend to find some other things. Or even the case of even if there is a lot in that solution category, maybe it's super competitive and you're a new company and you're not going to find those. So like as sure. an example, I did, did a bunch of work for a company called Quilla, which makes proposal software. Um, but the biggest SEO opportunity, and you know, proposal software is a relatively established category and you yeah. know, had a reasonable amount of um, thing, uh, you know, search volume and stuff. But the biggest opportunity was actually in what I would call the problem, temp uh, problem terms with people searching for proposal templates. So marketing proposal templates, sales proposal template, gardening proposal templates, so on and so forth. And so we were able to put it, just build a whole bunch of templates, put them out there. And, you know, majority of the acquisitions for that company actually came off of those templates, even though they ranked like two or three for proposal software, just the, the, the pure volume was in the, within the templates in those problem terms. And they like, you know, they converted worse because, you know, people don't actually have purchase intent. They just want a template. But the, the sheer volume of them actually made it, and this, the fact that it was largely for free, um, the traffic actually made it a very, very worthwhile exercise and was their main driver of growth for a long time. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a really interesting take of like, okay, well, you just got to figure out more and more about the problem and what people are, you know, what people's kind of thoughts about something around what you're offering 
and build out from there. And you can find one space where you found templates, right? So templates, not the first thing you think of when you think of like giving away free stuff to people. Um, but maybe it makes a lot of sense to start to build up brand awareness and to build up users knowing who you are and then come back to you over time. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe enter an email to get the template and then you have them on your email list and you can send them a nice long drip yeah, campaign. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. That. And right? if you can segue into your product as well, like, um, you know, Quiller, it was sort of a case of like, here's a template. Do you want to use, you know, you can download it as a PDF if you want to or a Word document or whatever and go do it that way. Or you can sort of, load this in our product and um, yeah. you know then you can edit it in our product and then you can send it as a beautiful web page rather than a crappy pdf and i think if you can have that segue into your product that's sort of the key thing because that's where you're actually going to get a, a lot of signups and a lot of people into your product as opposed to give away the template and then just start hitting them with emails which can be good but it's probably not as good as being able to segue people straight into your uh, straight into your product. For, for sure, for sure. <laughs> so I give you kind of the easy tactic, and you layer on. Hey, here's how you think more about product. And I'm like, man, I thought I was a product manager. But that's <laughs> that. That's a really good. That's a good good fresh take. I I love it. I love it. Um, man. So you know, I think I feel like you're you've stayed ahead of the curve on a lot of these things. Like how how do you stay ahead of the curve on all the changes that go on? in search and kind of growth marketing and and like what what are you doing to find out about some of these things it seems like you've really got your pulse really really well dialed in yeah I don't know. it's probably it's a combination of things right like it's, the, it's like probably like everyone it's you know following some people on twitter and you you come across them that way i'm still like i'm still kicking it old school with rss feeds um, i sure. still run i still have feedly on my ipad and and subscribe to a bunch of a uh, bunch of things that way and stuff like that so I'd say it's probably just setting up the right systems, I suppose, like whether it's following the right people on Twitter, following, you know, having RSS feeds or something like that to make the content essentially come to you, um, I think has been really key to me because I I wouldn't actively, you know, I don't block off time in my day to be like, I'm going to go and spend an hour trying to read a whole bunch of stuff. But if you have it coming to you and, you know, you're just playing around on your phone at the nighttime and you can sort of pick those things up. The other thing that I've actually read a bunch of lately, which has been super interesting, and I think they do a really good job is, you know, those like, just like those stories that come up on the Chrome homepage on your phone. That's like, you know, yep. the suggested for you stories or something like that. I yeah. think they've, they've been doing a really good job lately. I've definitely got some stuff off there that I was like, hey, this is They, they figured you out. Yeah, yeah. Turns out that Google company is pretty good at knowing me. So um. Yeah, but you got to dial it in first. You got to like be already looking at a lot of stuff. So I feel like you've, you've, you you've yeah, primed yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, you've yeah. primed it really well. Um, that's interesting. Are there, are there a couple... Are there a couple of good feeds or people or um, or blogs or publications that, that you think uh, would be helpful for people, for everybody to to follow, no matter who they are? I think that the number one person that comes to mind is a guy called Kevin Indig. He um, he was formerly at G2 or G2 Crowd, which then became G2. And now I'm pretty sure he's the head of SEO over at Shopify now. Um, he's got some really, he's got an interesting newsletter. He does a lot of his own sort of independent analysis. Um, yeah, he's probably the number one person that comes to mind. Kevin is amazing. So Kevin, he's got a great take. If uh, I agree with you, like I get his newsletter, he has like probably one of the best 
insights on search mm-hmm. that I've that I've ever talked to. So I I hundred percent agree with you. The that, problem for me is now that he's over at Shopify, is super focused on e-commerce, and I just I, as a person in B two B SaaS, I'm like this isn't as relevant to me. So sure. I'm a little upset that he works at Shopify now, but um, some of his uh, some of his other stuff is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's a uh, he's a he's a great guy too. So um, good good shout out to Kevin Indig. I'm sure he'll love that. Um, cool. Um, so, I mean, the other thing that I that I kind of wonder is like you you know you worked at a bunch of kind of you know pretty pretty well known B two B SaaS companies like Envision and Campaign Monitor, and you know you're you're a founder of Attributor. Like, how are you getting these kind of um, you know this kind of information, these kind of thoughts like disseminated through the team, and how do you kind of integrate this thinking so that you you know you've got other people on the team thinking through things like you do and implementing things like you would. Yeah, it's an interesting question. I mean, I've been sort of fortunate in the past that, you know, I've never been like a dedicated SEO person. I've always had a bit of a broader remit that, that might be like, you know, I was the head of marketing at Envision for that that case. So, you know, I kind of had control over over all of it. Um, and then, it, you know, I was the head of demand generation at, at Campaign Monitor for a while as well. So I sort of benefited from the fact that I wasn't a dedicated SEO person and I had to fight for SEO. I kind of owned the overall demand gen sort of strategy and I could decide there. But I think for me, like, you know, in cases where in times where I've had to fight for SEO budget with CEOs or something like that, you know, one one particular case comes to mind where I basically just went out and did, there was the Quiller example where I, I sort of figured out there's this huge templates uh, example in yeah. sort of opportunity. And, um, yeah, I basically just took all the keyword research that was, was out there on all the different templates we could potentially rank for and then just basically backed, backed it all the way through to revenue. So I was like, okay, so if there are, I think there was like four or 500,000 searches per month for all across all of these different templates. And then I just sort of basically did three or four different models. It was like, if we can pick up 5%, 10% or 15% of, of traffic, this is yeah. what it would look like. And it was like, okay, that leads you to this many visits and then our rough conversion rate is X. So therefore, you know, it would be this many signups, this many customers, this much revenue. And by being able to basically show the revenue impact, you know, you, you make it much more quantifiable for people like CEOs and stuff like that or CMOs if you're reporting to them who are trying to choose between spending money on SEO or spending money on ads or spending money in, in various other various other ways. So... Yeah, I think being able to, I think pushing it all the way through to revenue and being able to like model that the whole way through is probably the the biggest piece of advice I'd give in that area. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely takes a, a certain kind of perspective to step back and say, okay, here's something that I think we should do. And the reason why I think we should do it is because it actually adds up and makes sense on the bottom line for the company. Because, you know, a lot of people in search or growth marketing are just, you know, they're focused a lot on traffic. Sure, they might be focused intent as well, trying to convert users. But it's like generating that traffic is also still like a vanity metric of like, just, Mm -hmm. I just want more traffic and get traffic quickly. And so really trying to think about, well, starting to do something new. And here's a plus and minus. I love your 5% versus 15%, like good, better, best scenario or like middle ground. If it doesn't do as well, if it does really well, just so you can get some variability because, you know, we don't really know what's going to happen with any of these things, right? It's like, it's really up to the, like the, the Google to determine really, really where we are. We're just trying to make things work. And so I feel like that variability is, is makes it more, it actually feels to me like if you're coming to me and like, Clay, hey, I've got this initiative, it could it could be like a, you know, a 
a $500,000 initiative or a $1.2 million initiative as far as revenue, somewhere in between there, then I'm like, well, I like that it's got a range, you know, and yeah, I like it kind of adds credibility, right? Like, yeah, yeah. If someone says like, this is like, like seven hundred thousand dollars, you'd be like, really? How do you know that? Like, yeah. And then I just ask you about all your assumptions, right? And then yeah, it becomes, yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah. become fun for you, right? Instead, you kind of want to say, look, you know, it's five, to, it's you know, five hundred thousand to whatever one point five million dollars, and you know, my my major assumptions were this and this. And so like, you know, there's variability. I don't really know. And we have to, you know, we have to implement it well. And it's going to take some A-B testing to get there. But, you know, I think it'll take this much effort to get there. And, you know, typically the effort of something like that, you know, it just depends on what it is. But, you know, it's, it's effort versus kind of bottom line revenue, I yeah. think, or versus other projects. So I, I yeah, like exactly. that. And that's, that's, that's what it comes down to. Like that CEO being able to say, okay, we think this is going to get this return. It's going to take this much effort. And we think this other thing's going to get that much return and this much effort. And it's ultimately just a, a ratio of those things and which one is better. Yeah. I mean, the funny thing is sometimes it's really hard to model that stuff out. I'm like, I'm like, uh, I, I'm very used to modeling things out in my whole career because um, before before I was solely focused on SEO, I did a lot of product management work. And so it's all about, prioritization. It's all about like, well, is this going to be better off for, for, the, for us than that? And you know, there's a lot of times where there's a few things that are just, just get prioritized just because, well, you know, maybe it's for the good of the team because everybody yeah. on the team wants to do it and it's a small lift and you know, it's not going to have a big impact, but like, you know, all your devs really want to do it. And you're like, let's just keep it, <laughs> gotta keep the devs happy. Too, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, I mean, what, one thing that I keep on wondering um, is, you know, uh, is attribution, you know, like in, in search, you know, sometimes you really don't know where people are, are, you know, coming from that are converting and things like that. Like, I really want to get your insight on, on how, how are you attributing sales or how are you attributing conversions? Like how, how does it, how does that, you know, how does that work for you? And, um, just kind of want to dial in on, on your, your uh, immense knowledge in the attribution realm. Yeah. So look, I, I think, and this is sort of where like, you know, the, the inspiration from my you know, current company kind of came from was that like, you know, it's really easy for anybody to go and basically put Google analytics on a website and then you can see like, you know, here's how many people you got from organic search and how many got from paid search and so on and so forth. And, but as you said, that you kind of alluded to before, like visitors is to a large extent a, a vanity metric. Like, like if you're actually measuring that in itself, visitors actually cost you money in terms of hosting fees and all of that kind yep. of stuff. Like it's it's actually a largely irrelevant uh, metric unless you're unless you directly monetize them by selling ads or something like that. Um, but yeah, for most B two B companies or or anybody that sells something, it's it's really not the main end goal there. So I was sort of like you know. Yeah, you know, I was doing this consulting for these various different companies. And what I kept seeing was that, um, you know, they had Google Analytics and I could come in and I could be like, okay, cool. So you get, you know, a thousand visits here and 2,000 visits there. But then, you know, their back end systems, you know, their CRMs, if it was a business that, you know, sold a product through a salesperson or, you know, the, the, the mixed panels and the amplitudes and stuff of the world, if it was a business that was more sort of self service, they never had any of that channel attribution data in it so you know it was really easy for me to see where the visits were coming from but anything after that i was kind of just like this is crazy and then so i went looking for a bunch of different tools but they were all super focused on capturing utm parameters and so it's like yeah. you know the, the people out there in the world who are doing google ads and stuff they've kind of got a solution for this because you can you know like even most of the form builders gravity forms and all those kind of tools they have the ability to capture utm parameters but if you're if you're focused on SEO or any of the organic channels, there was 
literally no way that I could I could come up with, at least not in a, a reasonable way that wasn't, you know, a hundred fifty thousand dollar product to actually just send through data from the website to the CRM or to the back end tools that said, hey, this person came from organic search. Sure. So that and that was like that was basically what I needed, right? Like all the businesses I was working for, yeah, they were doing Google ads and Facebook ads, but that only accounted for 10, 20, 30% tops of the the of the customers or the signups and the customers of the leads and whatnot. And so I was like, great, like I can use these UTM tools, but I'm missing 70% of the info of, of the of my leads here. So that's sort of where Attributor came about, where I was like, okay, basically what I need what what I need this product to do is essentially take the Google Analytics style channels, you know, the fact that this person came from organic search or paid search or referral or direct or and all of the channels that you're seeing in GA and pass that information into the CRM. So then I can run reports in the CRM and say, okay, well, we got this many leads from organic search and this many customers from organic search and, and those customers paid us, you know, $100,000 in revenue. And so therefore we're generating, you know, 100K in, in revenue. And yeah. so that was ultimately like, that's ultimately what I think, you know, SEOs need to be doing, right? Is, you know, coming back to that modeling that we talked about before, you know, you're, you're going, if you're doing this model and you're going out there and saying, I think we can get $700,000 in, in revenue each month from these SEO efforts. But then all you can track is the number of visitors. Like you're going to, your argument's going to fall apart at some point in time. And the, the CMO or the CEO is going to turn, turn away and go, okay, that's great. Congratulations. You increased visitors by 3,000. But like, you know, we have no quantifiable way to say that that increased increased revenue. So I think for me, I think, uh, the attribution side of organic search, again, it depends what the, the business model is of the organization. But in B2B SaaS, there's really two, two go-to market models, I suppose. One is you generate a lead, the lead goes into the CRM, a salesperson calls them, they do a demo, close a deal, or it's self-serve where it's like, you know, sign up, use the product a little bit, like it, pay for it kind of thing and either of those models you need to be tracking and the tools are different whatnot but you need to be tracking the impact of your seo efforts all the way through to the number of customers and revenue in order to really understand what's going on and what's working and what isn't so i mean what one thing that i'm wondering when you're talking about that you know you talk about the two b2p SaaS models and it's very interesting to me because i feel like there's always a controversy or maybe not controversial, but it's always a, a hard decision for B2B SaaS companies to make is, do they go the free trial route, route or do they go the sales demo route, right? And so maybe, do you have a, a, an in, insight on like which yeah. one kind of works for which situations? So I think I would lump, I would just sort of change that question slightly and say the self-service model, which includes both freemium and free trial, and then uh -huh. the inside sales, uh, inside sales model. Um, there's a guy called Brian Balfour who has he's the used to be the VP of growth at HubSpot. He now runs his own company called Reforge. He has a great model on this. Um, it's called the four fits of a billion dollar company or a hundred million dollar company or something of a big company. Um, and it's essentially like the idea is that basically your your go to market sort of needs to have these four four fits. One is product market fit. One is like market channel fit. The other one is like price market fit and sort of like this these four quadrants and then they all crisscross it generally speaking and then the the idea is like product channel fit and the, generally the idea is like you know you can't sell NetSuite on a self-serve model right like it's a, it 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 costs fifty thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars it's not bought it, it the way it's purchased is not bottoms up like someone doesn't just go sign up for NetSuite and like and like it and then 
other people start using NetSuite in the, in the organization. Like it's purchased top down. It's purchased by the, the head of fine, like the CFO or something like yeah. that. And then basically forced on, on everybody else. Um, it's a really, really complicated product to, to understand and to get set up. Like you don't just sort of go in there. It's not like Trello where you go in and you're like, Oh, okay, cool. This is how Trello works. Like you need to spend probably hundreds of hours. I mean, I've never implemented NetSuite, but you need to spend probably hundreds of hours learning the program, implementing all of your stuff in it, so on and so forth. And so, so therefore, NetSuite can't run on a self-serve model. And so therefore, certain channels aren't necessarily like relevant to NetSuite because they're not after high volume $19 deals that, you know, they can make in these huge deals. So I think the decision of which way to go, self-serve or inside sales, largely comes down to the product and like and the and the target market and your available channels and your price point and all of those things because ultimately it's like is this thing something that can self-serve you know and in and what's it cost is it something that you know if you had a salesperson selling it for 19 dollars a month you're actually just going to lose money on every single sale so I, I don't think there's necessarily a specific answer i think it's just about like your fit a fit of your combination of your price the target market your product complexity all of those things really determine whether you go with self-serve or an inside sales type yeah. path. But I mean, I think I feel like it's super important and it's, you know, typically outside the realm of most SEOs. But if you think about it, if you're a person focused on generating, converting traffic on via search, right? And you're trying to get all these people into your product, but maybe the person that decided the pricing kind of fit, is it sale, you know, is it inside sales or is it you know, free trial, maybe they made the incorrect decision. Maybe the product's too complicated, even though the price is maybe, you know, in that middle zone of maybe a couple hundred dollars a month might be that middle zone. I don't know what the mm. middle zone is, but, um, you know, and so the, 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 you know, person inside or even an agency is tasked with reaching a goal that is never going to get them what they would get is if if they switch to the different kind of other model. So I almost feel like this is a really good conversation to have because if you're going after a goal and it's kind of a little bit, you know, the strategy that's been made for some of the other parts that inhibit the goal or working against you, it might be worth branching outside of your day-to-day silo of, I, you know, creating content or you know, doing this for search to say, well, wait, is is my traffic going to convert? Is this going to be helpful for getting a new user to to buy the product? And is it part of the process of buying the product messed up? Can I talk to the PM or can I talk to you know the the uh, the head of engineering of like, does this make sense? Or we or the or the head of marketing mm. and try to level up the efforts so that you know the strategy actually works overall. So I definitely, I definitely love that that insight because I feel like it's, you know, this this comes up all the time in this like two to you know two hundred to five hundred dollar a month kind of products. Should they be inside sales? Should they be free 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 trials? Do you do both? How do you segment users? All these kinds of things. Like you might have a free trial on a real bare bones version. Is that helpful? Is that worse? Does that take some of your enterprise kind of clients, put them in a bare bones product that's not good for them? Like there's all these questions that that kind of rise up in my mind, um, but maybe I'm just uh, no, and it's, it's true. Fast. Like there's and there's some other like you know you can also change, you know, like you you came from it the perspective of conversion is signing up for the product, right? And and then you know like there, there might be some cases where SEO just isn't a good good channel. There isn't a good channel product fit there. Um, 
Another way that you can reframe it is, is changing the conversion actually the better idea? Because if you've got more of an enterprise level product, maybe you can use SEO to get another form of conversion that isn't signing up for the product. So like as an example, um, this company I do a bunch of little consulting work for called UTM.io. It's basically like a UTM parameter management tool. And um, yeah. you know, they mostly hang out with in the enterprise, right? Because you know, the companies that have you know, got a hundred people using UTM parameters and they need to standardize the use case and so on and so forth. And, and again, that's very enterprise, doesn't necessarily lend itself that well to SEO, but what does lend itself really well is they've got their own competes with, you know, GA's campaign builder and all that kind of stuff. And so their conversion is like getting people to use that or getting people to use their simple Chrome extension or something like that, which is much more high volume and then some of those, a portion of those people that you collect as leads can then flow up into the, can flow up into the enterprise. So and you can I limit, you point can that, you know, SC, yeah. yeah, and you can limit the extension. That, that, yeah. yeah, yes, exactly. That, yeah, the channel and S, channel, like product and SEO don't always fit. And sometimes it might be that you change the SEO strategy to target different keywords or, or maybe SEO just isn't the right channel for you. But sometimes it can be that you actually change the conversion goal. And as you said, you can then limit that free trial thing and so on and so forth to then push people up into those higher plans. Yeah, I feel like your your background of kind of overseeing and having kind of like a broader viewpoint of how to actually build up, um, you know, marketing is really helpful because when you're, let's say you're just a, a content writer for SEO and you don't typically think through like how, you know, what kind of, you know, what kind of conversion is this kind of user going to gonna be into, right? Like you could be writing content that's, you know, with a strategy that makes sense for the company to build up demand and build up traffic. But that kind of, con the, the traffic that you're building might be for the very low value kind of customers versus some of those higher level ones where you talk about like, hey, the UTM parameters, if you've got a hundred different people in the company coming with UTM parameters, that's a different different problem. And that one probably is a, a much lower volume keyword, but it also might be a much higher value customer. And yeah. so figuring out the kind of profiles of what is the best kind of customer and how to actually reach them through the problems that they're doing day to day is really interesting. And I, and I really like your 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 examples. They're, they're, they're really making my head think about a lot of things, um, which I think is super, super inspiring to me. Um, so I think, you know, to start wrapping it up, like what I always want to ask people, um, you know, what what should everyone in our space stop doing? Like, what are they doing that just just like flat out, like, stop doing that? That doesn't, doesn't make sense. I don't know if I have any good answers beyond the generic, you know, stop creating content for search engines and and all of that, um, all of that kind of stuff. I would think probably to, to just give something that's a little bit better than generic answers, I would say like, Stop creating content that drives visitors and start like and start thinking about it all the way through to the uh, end of the funnel. And like the example that comes to mind was when I was running content or dimension slash content at Campaign Monitor, I was um, friends with a couple of people over at Buffer, right? Yeah, and everyone knows Buffer, the social media sharing app, and whatever. Yeah. Then their blog was huge, and it still is. Like I think they were getting a million visits per month there to their blog. And they were writing like all sorts of stuff about like, you know, productivity tips and, you know, Google Chrome hacks and all of this kind of stuff. But like talking to them and just like understanding how it performs for them. 
we were we were doing a hundred thousand visits to our blog on our campaign monitor, which was on email marketing, and we were doing more signups and more customers through our blog than Buffer was, even though they had ten times more traffic. Um, yeah. And so I think like for me, like the the advice would be is like stop creating content that isn't necessarily going to attract people that are going to go and convert into your and turn into your product. And I think the only time like you should, I kind of think about it as like a reverse ladder, right? It's like you know, all your content creation stuff should be focused initially on the bottom of funnel stuff. And only once you've tapped that out, do you start to move up the, the rungs because yeah. you ultimately, as you go up those rungs and you start creating tips on, you know, life hacks and productivity and you, you know, you make a social media sharing app, you're going to get a ton of visitors, but ultimately those visitors are going to cost you money because it's server costs, it's hosting costs, it's all of that kind of stuff. And if none of them are converting into, um, you know, into actual users and signups of your product, What's the point? Well, just pads AWS's bottom line. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or get, or if you're like me, you got that Amazon credit card because your AWS bill is so high that you want to get the five percent <laughs> back to buy groceries every month on Whole Foods. So you know, yeah. hey, uh, I definitely don't mind more Whole Foods, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> gift cards. But but that's that's for another day. So, I mean, I definitely want to want to turn it over to you and and uh, and give you some time to talk a little bit about what you're working on today and and how people should get in touch with you if they're interested in following up and um, a little bit more maybe about attributor. Sure. So, well, firstly, thank you. But um, look, I kind of touched on it before. I think attribute is basically a way to send marketing attribution information. So, you know, the stuff you see in Google Analytics about paid but people coming from organic search and so on and so forth into your CRM. So that you can ultimately report on, you know, like which channels are working and which not. From an SEO perspective, it also sends in landing page and landing page group. So you can actually understand like, yeah, and landing page group is just derived from the subfolder. So if you the landing page is, you know, attributed.io forward slash blog, then it would be blog. And so what it allows you to do is it also, apart from being able to see like, you know, this is how many people we got from organic search, it allows you to actually see okay this is how many leads and customers we got from the blog or from the template section or from the features section or whatever else it may be as well as then drilling down into how many leads and customers and how much revenue we got from like individual blog posts and stuff like that so yeah it's just a great it's just a way to be able to track things all the way through to customers and revenue as opposed to just visitors yeah, I mean, I think that's really intriguing, you know, fig- figuring out which which landing page or landing page group people come to. I mean, I feel like it's kind of smart of the folder-oriented uh, way to, to figure out where things are coming from. And what's the, the website URL? It's just attributed.io. Um, you can go on there, sign up for a free trial. All that self-service type stuff we just talked about before. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's how it works. So, yeah, if you're interested, if it sounds like it can solve a problem for you, then head on over there and check it out. Sweet. Well, thanks so much for uh, for showing up on SEO Unveiled. I think everybody's going to love this episode. Really appreciate the time with you, Aaron, Aaron Bischel. Thanks so much. Cheers, everyone.